who suggest that Negroes vote for in the coming election? I wouldn't suggest that they vote for any party or either party. Uh, I would suggest that the so-called Negroes become politically mature, realize the power that they hold uh, in the field of politics, and then uh, once the person who is running is aware that this man is awakened to the power that he holds, then that person who is running will approach that Negro on a more intelligent plane. As it is right now, most of the Negro leaders sell out to the political, to the white politicians for crumbs. And uh, an awakening, a political awakening among Negroes will make it impossible for the present uh, Negro leaders to sell our people out as they've been doing in the past. Well, you do think Negroes should vote? Negroes should do whatever is necessary to bring about a complete solution to their problem. If it, uh, when I say whatever is necessary, whatever is necessary. They should have the flexibility to do whatever is necessary to solve the problem. Hello, everyone. My name is Walton. I'm the host of Boss Locks, a show where we are redefining professionalism, elevating black voices, and proving that natural hair and professionalism do coexist. Now, today I'd like to invite you to join me on this new journey of political maturation. You see, we're witnessing a very historic election time, and it's currently looking like Biden's going to take the win, but I think we all know that this is not basically the end, regardless of who wins. So, I'd like to thank you for joining me to um, go on this new journey of discovering what's next for us and how we should step forward into this new year and new political environment. And today, it's actually not just me, but I'm joined by a few people that are dear to me, some friends and colleagues, and I'm really excited to introduce them all to you. And to start it off, I'd like to bring Calvin up. Calvin, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Just just excited to, you know, join your platform that you've built up here. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Definitely appreciate your support since like before day one, day negative 50 or whatever, too. So thank you. Now, um, it you want to really quickly could share with everyone kind of like what you do, what you're planning and just how you're feeling? Uh, so, you know, just your average IT guy out here trying to survive in this craziness that we have currently going on. Um, I am you know, looking forward to this conversation because there's just so many things that, you know, are going on and you kind of get to see what the other side thinks and how they feel. So I'm interested to see how everyone else, you know, thinks and feels about that topic. I feel that hundred percent, hundred percent. I know this is kind of a new environment for me, but I'll get into that in a second. Up next, I'd like to bring up Jasmine Laverne, Jasmine. How are Hi. you doing? Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. Um, and can you do the same thing? Tell us a little bit about you and how you're feeling right now. Um, so I am a media entrepreneur, primarily building brands, doing brand development and public relations for creatives, um, social impact organizations and small businesses. How am I feeling about the election? Um, it kind of I'm in this waiting game and I'm trying to stay calm because anything could happen at this point. I mean, it's almost the end of the day on the East Coast. And Nevada's like, oh, we're not just going to count our votes. Pennsylvania's like, well, hold up. We're not going to count our votes. Um, so we're waiting. Um, and I'm just trying to keep it all together, see what Georgia's doing, because I got some business in Georgia. So let me see what they're doing. 
Yeah, that's my state right now. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like I looked at the map on Google and it's like Atlanta and Athens, a few other states, like the one blue dots and everything else is red. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's growing as more mail-in ballots come, but it's 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 kind of crazy to watch this. It's really, mm-hmm. really interesting. And I mean, we'll go into that during our conversation, I think, but it just shows that the metropolitan areas are where the change is happening. Um and that says something about the price of these, also these areas as well. Um, mm. So we'll, we'll talk get about into that. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And now, uh, last but definitely not least, I'd like to bring up Queen Cole. Queen, how are you? And how are you feeling? Hello, hello. Good evening. Good evening. Um, how am I feeling? I have election exhaustion, so uh, I've checked out uh, several times, and then. You know, just for curiosity's sake, I checked back in. So uh, I have election <laughs> exhaustion, uh, but I, I feel good uh, <laughs> opposed to that. But I'm, I'm tired of the mail. I'm tired of the – I was happy to check my mail today, and there was no mail from anyone. I was glad. Amen. I, I'm, I'm tired yeah. of the mail. I'm tired of their text messages. I'm tired of the radio commercials. I'm tired of the television commercials. So, uh, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm tired of seeing them, like – I don't want to hear from whoever on day one. Like, <laughs> just, just take a seat. <laughs> uh, that's how I feel uh, now. Uh, exhausted, uh, even after the first debate, and I'm sure we might talk a little bit about this, but I wasn't going to watch the first debate, but I'm like, ah, I need to be, you know, into and informed. Not that social media would uh, catch me up, but I was like, to see for myself, and I felt like it was a big waste of time. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that first debate. Yeah, that's wild. how I feel. Uh, and I am man. It was. <laughs> but I, I am the host and curator of Like a Path podcast and also the co host of Royalty TV uh, here in Dallas. I am a digital media manager. So I help uh, small businesses uh, run their social media pages. That's what's up. We got a whole bunch of media and IT people. So for yes. all watching, any digital IT needs, hit us up. But yeah. Right. Um, and also, can you also share like where each of y'all are tuning in from? Uh, I'm locked in from Virginia Beach, Virginia, the beautiful beach area. 757. Yeah. You already snow. <laughs> I, um, I went to school in Richmond. I'm from LA, originally from DC. Went to school in R- Richmond. Oh, and for okay, those who don't know, in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> well, we got almost like almost every time zone represented. Oh, actually, oh no, almost every. Yeah. All right. So, um, just to start it all off, um, we talked about how we're feeling, but um, post election, kind of the day of election, kind of watching everything come in, and then the days after. What has there has your mindset shifted at all? Because I know I went from just like I mean, I'm probably going to wake up and see what happened, but each day is like something new. Like, how are y'all kind of feeling right now, and what what are you thinking? I can jump in. Um, so it wasn't the can we cuss on here? Yeah, it wasn't the shit show that I expected it to be. Um, <laughs> I was actually working the polls for a couple of days in Beverly Hills and the way that people were turning out like um, Iranian women for the first time were 
casting ballots. And it was a lot of first time voters, which I was excited to see. Um, and people were very engaged. People felt like this vote was important. Um, so I was very proud of that. I am glad that 45 didn't, you know, he said that he won, I guess, or announced that he won. Um, but I thought that it would be more kind of hoopla and more drama that has been going on in all the violence and things. So I was glad to see it wasn't. Um, and yeah, we'll just wait and see. I, I expected him to say he was going to take things to the Supreme Court. Um, so we'll just watch how that plays out. It's going to be a long run. I don't think even if they tell us what happens tomorrow, unless he wins, then it's going to be a long road. Back to what you said about him saying he won. Um, I found it interesting that when he said that, it seemed as though nobody cared. <laughs> um, if we're being straight up. Because um, he said it and I just kind of went, meh. I mean, he didn't because literally nothing is said and done until everything is counted. Um, and a lot of people discounted how effective the mail-in ballots would be. You look at Pennsylvania, I mean, he, he had like a crazy 10 or 11 point lead. Now it's to point like two or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he told his base to do one thing while... Everyone else was like, "Now nah, we're we're gonna go in a different direction," and that's just coming back to bite them. Granted, I mean, I don't remember the last time, you know, anyone that's lost the popular vote has really won. I mean, because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not old enough to vote from you know 2000 2004 and all that stuff. But I just don't understand why you can just declare victory so soon when it's clearly not over. Like if if fifty percent of the vote is still out, how are you championing yourself as the winner? But going into that morning, um, I had the same kind of eerie feeling as twenty sixteen. Like I'm gonna go in here, do what I need to do, and I'm either gonna like the outcome or not. But at the end of the day, I still need to do what I need to do for myself. So to kind of watch the day progress, and you know, everything started out so slow for whatever reason. But as everything started to roll in, like, oh, Trump's getting this, Trump's getting this, Trump's getting this. Granted, it was the more obvious states. Um, it just it just felt like that all over again. But then, you know, you wake up the next day and they're like, hold up, it's not over. We still have lots of work to do. So to kind of watch the shift was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that shift is... Yeah, I thought it was funny, That's too, good. that some of the Republicans sort of backed off from him. Like when he tried to say, oh, I won. Some of the Republicans are like, nah, nah, we, we going to wait and see. So I, I like that they weren't jumping on that wagon with him. Right. If, if we're being honest, I feel like they've kind of been waiting for this moment to happen because they've been forced to like him, forced to support him. So, you know, when he's ousted, who realistically is going to be the next leader of the you know Republican Party? Mitch McConnell. They don't really, I mean, but he's at the back end as well. I mean, yeah, he's well, just got, I mean, re-elected. He got reelected. Yeah, and I think but, between him and everyone out, what, Lindsey Graham, the Republican Party is the exact party that it wants to be right now. Yeah, and, but, and Biden's going to make it easier because Biden's not that progressive Democrat that everyone that I think is voting for him actually wants. He's going to appease what they what the Republicans need, in my opinion. 
Yeah, yeah, I would say it's a good compromise for everyone. Um, as long as the Dems can kind of go in and clean up, you know, a lot of the mess from the last four years. But even then, you know, when 2024 comes around, you know, who is going to be, you know, the, the opposing side at that point? Do y'all think that with Biden as president, the next four years we could get enough done to kind of meet your kind of expectations as far as like um, progressive changes or just kind of making things safer for everyone? Do you think that between now and four years from now, we could be at a place where it's like, okay, if someone else takes over, it might not be catastrophic. We definitely made some ground. Or do you think it's going to be kind of longer than that before we really see some the type of change we want to see? Uh, personally, I think it's definitely yeah, I gonna think it's probably. definitely going to be longer. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's going to be longer because um, the Senate still has control of the House for at least, or the Senate for another two years. So, I mean, I mean, granted, they're still counting votes and everything right now, but if we're being honest, you know, there's probably another two years of stalemate and not really doing much anything. Biden might be able to get one or two big ticket items or medium ticket items, but he's not just going to be able to go in and sign this, do this, and just go crazy with the pen because right. that's just not I how it the executive orders fly. Do you, all, <laughs> do you all anticipate, and this is your show, I know. But oh, no, ask away. Ask away. Do, Jump you, in. do you anticipate a new crime bill? Um, I know it was a lot of controversy around the crime bill in the 90s and I've been hearing a lot about people at the time actually wanted the crime bill and it's now us millennials and people or older millennials who are seeing the effects of the crime bill but my my thinking is they put in a new or pass a new crime bill that is centered around all this I'm sorry if you can hear this siren um, (laughs) that's centered around all of the violence that's happening to our community and that's kind of what the push is from the Biden-Harris administration that the Senate will need to pass to get our lives together. And that, I mean, that's step one. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't I think, think so. Uh, I don't think that they're yeah. going to be able to do that because I don't think it's going to happen because, again, I think it's going to take longer. I don't think that uh, even the first two years, I think it's going to be very slow and go. It's not going to be as progressive as we want. Absolutely not. I think it's just going to be slow and go. And all he's going to be saying is that he's trying to fix what Trump messed up. So the first, these next two days, two years, I don't see it being progressive at all. No. And then we need to start getting ready for the next four years. Like whenever, whoever's declared, like the first hundred days, we need to already know Who's going to be up and coming? Because I feel like even with this election, we didn't see anybody really rising up. How we saw Barack Obama rise up into the race, into the forefront. We didn't see that. We didn't see anybody stepping up to the plate. So I I definitely want to see some young, up and coming people um, for the next four years. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of agree with that. But I I feel like we do have a few young people. uh, They call themselves the squad, you know, AOC and uh, Ilan Omar. Um, I feel like they're kind of energizing like a new group of people. She actually tweeted today about how 
she got like 88% turnout for voting in her district. And those are the kind of people that you want to see in the party, you know, the next go round, or even, you know, in two years when they have to vote again. So it's stuff like that, that we need to keep finding uh, to kind of push everything forward. Cause America is not going to accept a big push or a big change all at once. That's just never going to happen. But if we can kind of sneak in those two and three people here, two and three people there, every, you know, turnaround, that's going to add up to, you know, the snowball effect, basically. And eventually we're going to get where we're, we're going. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to the most, because I don't think we're going to have another Obama like moment for a while like that happened. And where I wouldn't say we're getting punished for it, but. To me, Trump is a, uh, a direct punishment for electing Obama. They said, we let y'all have y'all fun. This is what we want to do. And that that's kind of it. Because if you watch how the last four years went, Republicans just kind of let him do whatever he wanted, say whatever he wanted without any repercussions. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's interesting. I, um I think it's interesting because that you said we're not going to have another Obama moment. I don't think it's going to be to that extent. But if we do have AOC tapping its vice president or its president, I think that will get more excitement than Kamala becoming president. Oh, for sure. And then I also wanted to um, point out that we also have to remember that not everyone in our demographic, I mean, black young people, um, in this this centers right here, but they're also young people who are twenty, the eighteen to twenty five group, the twenty five to thirty five group, who are actually true diehard conservatives. Um, and I think someone in South Carolina just got elected to the Senate. Um, a young guy, he was twenty five. So I think we also have to remember that we need the AOCs, we need the squad, but we also need new fresh blood that are that's competing with those um, conservatives, the young conservatives as well. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. I think um, just looking at the results of this election so far, it's just so close and kind of what you were mentioning, Calvin, like Trump is being like the result of eight years of Obama. It's like, I think that other side really isn't done with it yet. So I think um, just looking at how close it is and how many people really did show up to vote, for Trump and how many more young people, black people are really like switching sides. I think it really speaks to really, I think it speaks to just how done with everything that everybody is. I know like for a lot of, well, I'll speak for myself, but I know for me, I wasn't really here for Biden, but it's just more so, yeah, I'm going to vote for him. I will say like right now, I'm definitely kind of excited. I didn't expect that type of feeling, but I just know that kind of whatever comes next, I think we do need more of a, type of Obama energy. Not necessarily that, but I think really as we continue to grow, especially in these next four years, like it, I think it really has to continue to go up and up and no longer just that standard. Yeah, I agree. It's just something or someone that we can, everyone really feels that they can rally around and relate to. Mm-hmm. I can't relate to no 70-year-old white man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Um, again, I, I know this is your show. But, um, so because... Like I said, we have these young conservatives, and one of the comments here is that the, um, the Republican Party mainly serves the white agenda. But sometimes I think that the Republican Party serves capitalism. And I think that 
Democrats, and I'll say I'll have a disclosure that I'm independent, leaning Democrat, voting Democrat. But um, I think that Republicans have a capitalist agenda, and we saw that uh, take earlier with Malcolm X. Black people have power in our money, and until we play the conservative game and the capitalism game. Um, I think we're going to be unsuccessful in our success as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think that the Democrat or the Democrats need to take some of the capitalistic values from the Republican Party to supplement the good work that they do being holy Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Or good Samaritans. Yeah. Also, uh, Jonathan, I want to thank you for commenting. I, I like what you kind of brought to the table and how this discussion kind of went, because I think it'll kind of lead into the next topic. Before I go, Calvin, Queen, do you have anything you wanted to add on in response to Jonathan? No, I, I agree with what he said. Um, Democrats try to encompass everybody instead of, you know, focusing on specific groups. And I mean, if you look at voter demographics, I mean, it's mad white people that vote Republican. And it's been that way. It's probably going to be that way until there's like a new generation or new wave that doesn't solely think about uh, the dollars or, you know, you know, money or how that affects their family. Because there was an interesting clip I saw earlier. Uh, it was like a group of NFL players talking about, you know, yes, it sucks to have more taxes taken out of my check, but I'm a millionaire. I'm the only millionaire I know amongst the people I grew up with. So if I could give them the tax breaks and the stuff like that, that they need to help themselves, why would I not? I'm, I'm fine. But yeah. I feel like a lot of people on the Republican side, they don't want to cross that bridge because it's, it's about them. It's about me. It's, it's, I, they need to pull themselves up and figure it out versus how can I help and help them get to where I am versus trying to hoard whatever they have. No, I just I definitely agree that they do try to hoard all the riches so that way the middle class before they can't rise up is making it like that ceiling where it's like, nope, this is it, this is far that you can go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's kinda of like there's a disconnect. I think there's a real disconnect really on both parties, but it's very interesting like the, the type of messaging. Like I real say I feel as though Trump and many other Republicans have done a really good job at speaking directly to who follows them and who kind of believes a certain rhetoric. And I kind of might play to kind of the Democrats wanting to bring everyone on board and just saying some more generic things. I want to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new collection called I Love New Growth. Inspired by the natural hair journey, we wanted to do something that both symbolizes when new hair is growing as well as the hard work that goes into growing in your personal or professional life. New growth isn't always pretty or Instagram worthy. You know, it's often uncomfortable. There's countless mistakes and just these incredibly embarrassing moments that come with it but without these moments of struggle are you really growing at boss locks we don't just celebrate the destination but the journey it takes to get there i love new growth and i'm now reminding myself to appreciate all that comes with it 
Boss Lock Shop now has new gross shirts, hoodies, and crew neck sweatshirts available when you go to www.bosslocks.org slash shop. Or you can just go to bosslocks.org and click the shop button to place your order today. That is www.bosslocks.org slash shop. And we also will have the link in the description too. You know, I love new growth. Thank you for listening, and now back to our show. But um, I think that this whole party lines of separation and the blending of the two is going to get really interesting over the next four years. And I want to go ahead and play this clip from an interview between Diddy and Charlemagne the God to talk about how Diddy's planning on launching a new party. And I want to hear how... Um, how y'all feel about it and everything, but um, uh, saying you can say what you want about Biden. I, I, I can't say I love the pick either, but hey, we got to get him in office, mm-hmm. and then we got to hold him accountable. So how do we do that? In addition to voting, what else is, is Sean Combs going to do? From Trayvon Martin, I've been trying to figure out like like how can we end this? Um, trying to think about solutions because you you could you could be angry and you could. You know, you can march, you could protest, and people can hear you, but that don't mean that they're making, they're making any changes. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was us looking at, looking within ourselves and saying, let's not wait for these people to come and save us. Let's not wait for the Democratic Party. Let's not wait for government. Let's, let's, take, let's own our politics. Mm-hmm. Black politics, we need to own that. We need to have a, a, a platform, an institution that's going to support and breed young black politicians and social leaders that have integrity, not just in the quiet rooms, publicly. All right. So um, that clip was from earlier before the elections, I think around October or September. But I wanted to share that because I saw the Malcolm X clip and then um, this interview and the two of them together really inspired me to really think more about how I think most of the conversation and message that we hear about politics is show up to vote, have your voice heard and all that stuff, which is great. But I know in my opinion, I feel as though the election is a great step, but it's only a step. And really it's really like part of phase one. In fact, it's like the last step of phase one. I think it's partly um, learning about the candidates doing your part to show up to vote and learning how it's going to affect you and everyone around you and everyone unrelated to you. But voting is definitely not the last piece of it. And I'm really excited to see what Diddy and his team are going to do with this black party. But I know that that's just one way of going about what's next. So I want to get each of y'all's reaction to that clip and what he's doing. Uh, I like the idea of a black party, but black people are only like 13% of the makeup of this country. We've been trying to get people to rally around us since forever. Some, you know, do it, some halfway do it, but it's literally going to take everyone in our country to say, you know, I can see why black people would want these kind of things in their communities given the atrocities they've had to deal with. But the problem is that is it's kind of like the people that say the Holocaust is fake. They don't, they don't 
want to do it. They don't care. They don't believe in your agenda because it goes back to what I said about, you know, uh, wealth and everything like that. It's, uh, I kind of don't want to share what I have because if it means giving you something, then I'd rather not do it. Um, the only way we could probably have a, a black party is if it's integrated with one of the two major parties, ideally, you know, democratic, because I feel like they embody a lot of what, you know, the black community is about. And it's having a true sense of community because I feel like we do a good job at accepting others, even though we're not accepted by others. So it would have to be something where, you know, we elect Joe Biden, but instead of just electing Joe Biden, like we're just on top of him every week. Yo, we remember we asked for this. You promised, you promised to deliver this, like, this is what we need and this is what we want it by. Not, well, we got him in there and then we just hope he's going to do what he's going to do because more times than not, you elect somebody and then it kind of just goes to you. I 100% agree. I think that I like the idea of the Black Party, but like you said, it would have to integrate into ideally the Democratic Party. But to me, that looks like a modern day congressional Black caucus. So I don't know if it's more effective that he has training programs and the leadership programs that he was talking about and feed money into organizations that already are doing the work. And for him, I think it will be more beneficial if he brought the 13 percent of black Americans together to really talk about what we want, because I think it's always a disconnect on what this 13% wants. Do I want, and I use this term lightly because some people find it offensive, but do I want a welfare state where I'm dependent on the Democratic Party to give me a certain amount of money um, every month or every year? Or do I want programs that empower me and that empower our community to be self-sufficient? So I think it's finding what that middle ground is. And I think if we look and come to a conclusion on what the demographic wants, then we can make steps through there. But I think still what like the democratics do is tell us the 99% what we want. And the rich people are still telling us what we want instead of talking to the low income middle class and rising class. I feel them. Queen, do you have something you want to add? Yeah, absolutely. I think what, what Diddy is doing is a good idea. It's one, one thing that we can do, but why do we have to always separate ourselves and do something different? Why can't, what about this inclusive part? You know what I mean? So I don't like that part because it's like, okay, we're always having to adjust ourselves to others. Okay, well, we got to go over here and do our own thing. No, we're here. We bring a lot to the table. Hell, we built the table that uh, you probably- All right. It's kind of cutting out a little bit, but I, I do I do like the energy we're talking about where it really is like we really do have to incorporate everyone into this, and it's not really our responsibility to fix everything else. And I think that's definitely something I do believe in. And also to add a little bit of context, I think that this party is an inclusive one where he's inviting people from whether you're a Democrat, Republican, it's not about ditch them, join us. It's kind of like a, here's something else as well. Um, I do think it's going to be kind of interesting because I think that anytime you have something called black this or black that, 
other people just watch or kind of wave from the side. It's like, oh, that's nice. Good for you. So it'll be interesting to see how it comes to play. But um, I will say once I saw this and I started doing some more digging and researching, I really saw that there's actually a lot of different types of black political parties. And I thought that was interesting because it really shows. um, I think sometimes we all feel as though we have to invent something when we don't see it, but it's really all about doing a little more digging and supporting where we can. And um, I know one thing that I've been thinking about in regards to political maturity and really showing up beyond the elections, it's like what are some things that are really just finding the other things that we all can do as citizens? Like we can't all go into Congress and like say something. I think I know there are opportunities to speak directly to politics, but it's not as realistic for a lot of people. So, um, and I know none of y'all are like real, like y'all aren't politicians. So um, is there any way that you can think of, know of, or things that you're interested in doing yourself um, that actually will kind of contribute to making a different kind of beyond the vote? Um, I'll jump in. So I am on National Urban League Young Professionals um, Volunteer Committee for the Leadership Development and Training Committee. Um, but prior to that, I was entertainment chair of Los Angeles Urban League Young Professionals. And I think that we do need to utilize programs like that, um, Young Professionals Networks, because Urban League and NAACP and these advocacy groups create policies. And I think we need to be talking to these groups as they're writing policies on our behalf. And then once we're aligned with those policies, we actually share them to with our networks. I know we get tired of the text banks and we get tired of the calls and get tired of all the communications, but it actually works. And I think that um, using those tools and actually just reading what the uh, policy is, do you align? Maybe you go to the, your local NWCP or your local urban league and say, actually, I don't think that represents our group properly. Can you revisit that language? And they are the ones that are supposed to advocate for us to our Congress people and advocate to uh, for the Senate for us. So I think it's utilizing these traditional organizations and making our voice heard within them. And then it will be the trickle up effect. I like that. So kind of finding different places and things that already exist who are right. doing the work. You just kind of going to learn more and really speaking your voice, kind of learn. Right. And and, yeah. And then what, so basically it's signing the petitions and signing it. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's making your voice heard, but actually contributing to them as well um, and sharing them on social media. So people know, and cause I think people get shy about it as well. And like, I, I don't want to bother my feed with this political stuff, but people notice. That's a good point. That's a good point. I know every time I sign a kind of petition afterwards, or like share with your friends. I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, share I it. Like, yeah, I think um, as we step into this next year and beyond, it's really important to kind of let it be known. I guess kind of get in, not necessarily get in people's faces, but anytime someone's looking at your face, they could see this is all the things I care about, what I'm doing, and why. Right. Yeah, as well. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, going back to the question, I think for me, it would be, you know, how do we get better access to our representatives and in, in the non-creepy way? 
um, obviously. But, uh, you know, how do we get better access to these people to really effectively communicate what it is that we want um, to change in our communities and how do we get those things funded or expanded? Because um, I feel like you said there are a lot of programs out here, um, but a lot of people don't know about them. Um, whether it's poor advertising, they're new, or, you know, the information just isn't there anywhere. Um, a perfect example would be 2018, I think it was, I got laid off. Um, but somebody that I played kickball with, you know, like a few months before, put me onto a program where they basically fund you, give you a grant to take classes in any subject, you know, obviously career-wise that you were interested in to see if you would, you know, enjoy that career path. Um, I would have never known that if I didn't know this person because it's not like just information out there or something that's truly accessible. So it just happened by chance where I got the information, got the money, took the classes, and now I work in IT as opposed to, you know, still trying to figure it out. Um, so that's why I try to tell people, you know, people post on time, oh, I hate my job, uh, you know, this is going on, or, you know, I need to switch it up or do something. And that's the first thing I referred them to because, you know, that's what helped me. And if I didn't tell someone else, they would never know, you know. It's just stuff like that that we have to kind of tap into more in our communities of just sharing information, making sure those programs are funded and stay funded and having, you know, direct access to our representatives to say, hey, you know, we have a, like a perfect example would be like Parks and Recs. We, we all need a Leslie Nope in our, you know, <laughs> in our district or something, you know, someone who cares, someone that acts accessible. And, you know, when they say they're going to do something, they get it done and take care of it. I mean, the whole show is predicated around her building a park in a vacant lot. At first, people may not care about it, but you know, at some point they're going to see the benefit to them and how that's going to enrich their lives. So that's, you know, what it kind of comes down to for me. I like that as well. I like that as well. Okay. So for both of y'all seems like, um, continuing to do more to share kind of as you find things, just continue to pass it on. I like that as well. Cause that's, um, really, I, I think, um, so the thing that I liked about, the black party thing. It wasn't even about the party is more so about kind of organizing together and kind of just coming together. And I think that's really is kind of the next phase or the next step is to really come together and support each other and just continue to pass on information. I know there's things such as just like supporting black businesses or a thing or supporting your small businesses in the area. Cause it really does make an impact. And there's like, just like killer, uh, yeah, Killer Mike, he started the, the uh, Black Bank, online bank thing that's going to, I think, launch in January. I know it's available for opening up now, but just little things like that, just opening up a new bank account are just yeah. little things that could happen. And um, I see a lot of changes happening as well, so I'm like, really excited. Um, I think this, so far, if the results keep going as they are, I think everything that's happening now, I'm really excited about the next uh, walking into the next year, the year after that, and just continuing to level up and kind of mature politically and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, it just goes back to my point about, you know, us having a rallying point, you know, a centralized something that we know if we need resources or information, we can just tap into that and, you know, we can get ourselves right. Um, 
and even with it being accessible that also means people have to use this stuff like right. what's the point of creating something if no one's going to use it because um, that's another thing that we often do in our community is we'll ask for something and when we get it we don't want to use it mm-hmm. or someone to do it for us and yeah. we want the information so yeah. right very right. true all right well um i think we've kind of giving the people enough and I really appreciate y'all's time. So I don't want to hold you anymore, but um, before we dip, is there anything else y'all wanted to add, touch on, contribute, new perspective you wanted to share? Nah. All right, cool. That's cool too. Well, um, before we go, actually go ahead and plug yourself, remind everyone one more time who you are, how they could get in touch with you and all that good stuff. Uh, You could find me on Twitter at Calvin, you know, Twitter stole my last ad, so I had to, you know, remix it real quick. Uh, don't post music on Twitter that doesn't belong to you. They will steal your account. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll be up there trying to stay out of trouble. I mostly tweet about soccer and how much of a loser Donald Trump is. <laughs> and he on TV right now. Cop it, please. <laughs> I feel that, yo. Jasmine, you want to share um, how people can find you? Plug plug away. Yes. Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm Jasmine Laverne with one underscore. And on Twitter, it's Jasmine Laverne with two. The and if I got one. right, and if I got that wrong, just switch it up. Um, and I also want to plug my pop culture politics um black young professional show wednesday night 6 p.m pacific time yep network live and i'll share with you boss lock so you can share with your world and your community oh yeah i'm gonna plug away because i've tuned in a couple of times it's a really dope show you have a real cool collection of people Thank you. yeah and unfortunately queen we gotta have you on oh yeah that'd be dope yeah i'll, I'll definitely i'll hit you back to work that'd be real cool Definitely have you on. Um, yeah, and, um, and the queen is gone, but um, just want to shout out to you, queen, for coming up and everything. She has like three different interviews she's doing tonight, so I know she's just on to the next I one know. anyways, but um, you could connect with her on Royal TV. She does lives Thursday nights, including tonight, I think like at 8 Eastern time. Um, it's... I don't know. It's Thursday nights every week. You tune in there. And also for me, you can find me on Boss Locks, B-O-S-S-L-O-C-K-S. Everywhere, the Working Wild Black Group. If you're watching this live, you're already in it. Thank you all for joining, being a part of it. And this group right here actually is kind of like what uh, we were talking about, a community place to find some resources. So I'm going to continue to kind of plug in all these things I find. I'm going to share it in the group. If you're not black, you can't be in the group, but you could follow and everything on Instagram, YouTube, join in the Patreon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is a black exclusive group, but down to work with everyone. So hit me up at Boss Locks or The Great Walt and tune in to my lovely friends. And thank you all for being a part of this. And yeah, thank you for voting and don't stop because it's not over. All right.